What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Sequoia Blue, back in here for another episode. And we have a special guest today. We have Damian White. He's going to tell us about his intriguing poetry book and his story. And we are excited to hear his story. What's going on, Damian? What's going on? I'm super happy to be here. Yes, I'm happy that you on the on the on the podcast, the Alchemy podcast. So first, before we start the questions, I want to I want to start doing a quote now because I love quotes. Anybody knows me. I'm a quote lady. So the quote for today is I don't want anything, anything, a day, a month, a season before it's time. And this is by Elaine Welteroth. So I really love that quote because sometimes we all want something right now and maybe it's not the right time for it. So that's why I had to put that quote out there. Um, that's fine. So Damien, let's start with the first question. What does your book title, I Made a Place for You, mean? Sure. Um, so the title came from me trying to find a place to put questions, curiosities I had for like a long time. Um, <clears throat> and some of, and like, answer some of the questions I had from my experiences being homeless and I didn't know like where I could go like who I could talk to so some of the things that like I went through were could be considered embarrassing or shameful or you know um out of the ordinary and so like I was also protecting myself from like just trying to find a person that was going to be like my outlet and like allow me to talk and so I instead I turned to I turned back to writing um as a place to put those those kind of like questions and like thoughts I needed to like tease apart. So the title I made a place from you came from me literally making a place to talk about and discover aspects of myself that like I didn't have an outlet to do otherwise. Wow, that is amazing. So I saw in your like biography that you were homeless at one time. Like what did you learn from that experience? And did you meet anyone else around that was homeless? And like, what what did you learn about that from that experience? Yeah, I think that humility was just a big part of it. Um, the main thing I, I would say I learned was just that like, you have to really recognize, like you have to figure out who you are everywhere you go. So I feel like sometimes we walk around with like a salient identity in a sense where it's like, I feel like the man, right? So wherever I go, I'm gonna feel like the man. But sometimes when you don't, when you're in a situation where like, the what makes the guy the man isn't the same thing that makes you the man in the other situation. Right. So we can think about this like with like gang culture, for instance, or jail culture, which there unfortunately our community is, you know, disproportionately involved in those. Right. And so but like if you walk into like a certain neighborhood in a certain place where like a certain gang or a certain, you know, whatever, then like you have to know who the guy is. You have to know how to move around that person. You have to know how to talk mm. around that person. And I feel like in a sense, like being homeless, you're forced to do the same thing because you don't really know like who has what to live for anymore. You don't really yeah. know. You don't really know like who's like, is their last day where they just decided like whatever happens today happens today. I don't care if I go to jail. I don't care if I die. Like you don't know who woke up like that. And so like you have wow. to kind of like, you have to um, approach people differently. And I wanted to carry that into my life now that I'm back working and like all of that too. So instead of like making assumptions about people actually like realizing you don't know like what this person's going through. You don't know like what their, what, what, their, what buttons they don't want pressed today or like what their limits are, or their boundaries are. And so like, you have to like meet people where they are all the time. And I would say that's the most valuable lesson I learned from being homeless. 
Mm, that's a good lesson to learn because you do not know people's stories. And a lot of people, some people are empathetic. Like right. I'm empathetic. I can put myself in someone's shoes, even though I've never been in that situation. But a lot of people, they just can't do that. So at times it's like, I'm going to judge you because you you doing this. And I just, I'm assuming you on this on drugs or something because you're homeless or whatever. And it's like, no, he might have been a doctor and just got caught up in a hard time. Like, you know, and I always think about stuff like that, especially when I was in LA and I used to drive by Skid Row. I'm like, yeah. I really don't know their story, but they all had a story, and I just it's 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 just very like I, you said, humbling and and a, a great it's just a learning experience and it's a part of your journey. So that's, that's like I, I was in I was in San Francisco for part of that time, and so like it was weird to me because I had seen the movie Pursuit of Happiness like I don't know a couple times, oh. but like after being uh, after being there and coming home, I ended up watching the movie again some random day. And I realized that like Will Smith was eating at the same homeless shelter in that movie that I was eating at while I was living there. Wow. Yeah, the place was called Glide. So like I was watching the movie again and I was realizing that the same places that he was going to get like assistance and services, like I also was going to those places. And I never knew that like before. It just like, I saw him walk into the homeless shelter and get, get food with his kid in the movie. And I was like, wait a minute. Like I sat in that room, you know, like every day for every day for two months. Yeah. Wow. And in your poetry book, did you write your experiences, you know, to like just release that story, that that trauma or that just some to like, I guess this could be kind of cathartic in a way. For sure. I, uh, I wouldn't say that like I, I wrote my story in this book. I would say that I really made it so like the, I hope that when people read the book, they have more questions than than answers. Right. Yeah. So like for me, this was like these are thoughts and like the feelings and the, and the motifs and themes of the book. They were like things that I was thinking about for a long time. So like I'm not claiming to have the answers to those things. It's just my way of presenting them to other people and to and like for myself that in a way that like does feel healing and does feel positive and does feel like a way to talk about topics. Like I always give the same example because it fits, but like who goes to brunch and asks their friends, like, what do y'all think purgatory is like? Y'all think purgatory is lit? Like you think what happens in purgatory? No one's ever done that. I've never been at brunch and anyone asked me like, what do you think happens if you're in purgatory? Right? Never. Mm, and so like, yeah. if that's something that I'm sitting here thinking about one day, just because you're like, you know, you could trace the line of thoughts like, hey, like, what if I don't go to heaven? Or what if, I, what if I, what if maybe mm. I'm misguided? And maybe, and like, maybe what if I, what if they do have to judge me? And you like start going down there, you're like, okay, well, if that happens, and like, what if I do, what if purgatory is a real place and I do go there? Like, what would it be mm. like? Right. And so, like, those are things that, like, lines of thinking you, I was, I would be thinking because, like, I was feeling near death for a long time. I was wow. feeling on the, on the brink of like, this could be it pretty soon and so like those are the kinds of questions that arose during that time and this book was me putting those questions places in an artistic way that I felt proud of I love it you know and you know one of the questions I had because I was reading um, your biography you mentioned that you had to reform a relationship with God like because you were probably at a point where it's like well what does God want what is why is God put me through this and you were probably going through a battle with God what, what was your change to spirituality now like how do you feel about it now versus then yeah I think before um I was more rebellious in the sense that I felt like I was making the chess pieces move right so I think that like going through that experience um in San Francisco I realized the world around me, so much stuff was happening without my hands being the reason why those things were happening. That like, you have to ask yourself the question like, okay, well, if it's not me, then who is it? And like that road ends in God typically 
for most people like yeah especially if you were born i was baptized at 12 no 11 and like i went to catholic school um i was raised in a baptist church but i went to catholic high school then presbyterian college so like i've always been super in, interested in religion but for me personally i think that i was more like interested in the in the school part of it and like the mm. the theories and the the doctrines and the different ways of people like practicing yeah. and I'm thinking versus so much like the lifestyle, like living according to any particular religion. And so like, but after that, I think that I accepted that there's no way it's all me. And so like, I have to open up space to be able to say like, okay, like if it's not me, then I need to be talking to God and in communication with God, because I need to be like, walking the right path now and obviously like i wasn't able to do that when i thought that i was the architect of my steps mm, i get what you're saying yeah wow that's deep you know at least you became aware uh, you know like a lot of people right. can live their whole life and not be aware because there is a higher power whatever anybody believe in and um when you had spoke to god when you started speaking to god did you feel like the answers came in a small voice in your head or was it like a random person giving you an answer no i think it happens in mysterious ways as they say yeah um, yeah i uh, i meditate so i meditate every day twice a day okay and so like i'm also it's just a spiritual person that's also cares about nature and I, like i'm i might i would say there's multiple multiple facets to my spirituality um, and so like for me, like when I'm still and calm and my thoughts are quieted and I'm, and I'm sitting in silence, like there is there those voices that you hear and those fits of inspiration, like I don't know how else, like there wouldn't be no other way for me to say that wasn't God right now. There's yeah. no, I don't, I don't, at this point in my life, I'm, I wouldn't, I would have to say that those thoughts come from some type of divine inspiration because like before I was just like letting my monkey brain go. And it's just like, you have all the thoughts you have and you think you can figure it all out. And like A goes to B and B goes to C, C goes to D and D ends up and I'm a superstar, right? Like you think that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like when you get rid of all of that kind of like pressure you're putting on yourself to make all that stuff happen, I think that like you do start to hear the voice and like hear it more clearly. And like, you're not going to ignore those instructions. You're going to say, no, this is like, this is saving me from having to figure it out. Mm -hmm. this little voice i hear it saved me from having to like put all my thoughts together and like figure out what to do like you know what to do like the yep. thoughts said do podcasts this morning that's what it said. it said wake up schedule some podcasts do some podcasts because you need to keep getting the word out about your book didn't say like complain about that didn't say complain because you're on vacation you know so yeah i have to like i give precedent to those like moments where i do feel like i've received a clear thought Oh, wow. I love that. You know, that's just that's basically how I would describe it in, in my yeah. spiritual journey is I just something tells me, OK, have this time open to schedule this time, you know, because I have to talk to this person and I can feel people's energies just through them writing me. And it's a, it's a right. deep thing is when you get high up in that spiritual realm, you just start tapping in. You'd be like, dang, OK, I know this person's coming on. I know this person probably won't come on today. It's like you start you just notice things yeah. and I could feel your energy. I said, I'm definitely going to be chatting Damon. Damien, it's in him. I think also the other thing I would say too is that like I uh I stopped being so reluctant to want to be places with people. Like I I was I was very anti for a while. Like mm. people invite me to stuff and I'm like, nah, I'm not going. I don't want to go. I'm just uh -huh. like, I'd rather be at home. Like it's not gonna be fun. Or you tell yourself whatever you tell your you tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself, you know. But for me yes. now it's like 
I believe that you're put in rooms with people for reasons. And so like, if I'm supposed to be somewhere, then like, who am I to decide that I'm not supposed to be? Yeah, I, that's true. Cause sometimes it's like we, the ego gets in charge of, we, and I call the ego edging, edging God out. Right. Because nice. it's like at the end of the day, you, you, it's like, why are you in the ego mode? Now, if you get a real intuition telling you not to go, cause there's times I had, I just didn't right. do it. But like most of the time it you know if you sit here and you go within you know what you're supposed to be doing if once you learn how to tap in everybody it has their own journey but i'm happy it seems like you already know how to tap in which is really good now when you started writing your book like how did you how did you um i guess your process for writing a book because a lot of people out here that's like i want to write a book but i don't know how to start like what do i do you know and it's like what was your journey to figuring out how to write a book for for you know for a first-time author for sure so i've been writing for a long time um just never put pen to paper to like write the book project um i wrote everything on paper first and i had a process where like i was like i'm not editing none of this i'm not editing anything until like i have all the poems i'm gonna write because like we're often our biggest critics so for me like if i start editing a piece i'm like already saying it's not good enough i'm all right and i'm not able to look at it in like a body of work to see like what it contributes to something it's like you're looking at this one thing you just wrote and then you're criticizing it immediately so for me i'll write and then like leave it alone until like i'm at the editing phase so when i got to the editing phase then it's like now is when you start to like cut down and whittle away at all the unnecessary language and like bring your voice into focus and like make sure that you're i was delivering the the message messages the way that i wanted to um, so it took a, it took probably like an, a year and a half for me to like write the full book, have the illustrations like worked out with the illustrator, um, because it's an illustrated collection. So each poem has an accompanying illustration. Oh man, I can't like, wait to get your book. I'm definitely going to buy yeah, it. Yeah, this is a, I have it here, but like, this is the cover and my, wow. my friend Francesco illustrated and like inside there's like, there are pictures on uh, for each poem too. So this is amazing. Yeah. So it's really cool. And for me, like I was saying, like, I haven't. This is kind of embarrassing, but it's the truth. I hadn't really read a book cover to cover myself outside of school mm. for like years because I'm so, I'm also like tapped into social media and also tapped into like instant gratification. And I'm and like, I'm also victim to those, some of those things. So like for me, it's yeah. much easier to go like watch a YouTube video than to like re read the book or like listen to an audio book versus actually read the book, you know? I'm like, yeah, it took me, yeah. me 10 hours to read this or I can listen to the audio book <laughs> two hours. And if I miss That's something, true. I can play it again five times in the same yeah. amount of time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like for, for me, sense. for me, that, that method works the best. Um, so that's why there are illustrations too, but keep my attention, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah, that would keep my attention too. Like, I think yeah. that's a really good idea um, because in the way the, the illustration is, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's it's just got a good vibe to it. I mean, and, and your book is on Amazon and also on your website. and Barnes um, & Noble. Um, wow. Basically, our, everywhere that online books are sold. I distribute it through a press. So um, I have like global distribution. So it's all the channels and all the places. It should be, hopefully. If not, I got to call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure it's so Walmart online too, because that's a good, right? that's a good spot. Um, and what keeps you motivated and positive? What keeps you going during this tough time? Because it's a lot going on with well, if you know, if you're looking at keeping up with news and stuff, and it's not even just about the actual facts that's going on, but just knowing what's going on, being aware, culture, social media, all these things. What's keeping you motivated? 
Yeah, I think that being a content creator and someone that's a creative, you know, I write, I make music. I just put out a music video on November 1st, um, which was cool too. Oh. Uh, oh, no, sorry, November 25th, the book came out the first. I put them both out in the same month. Um, for me, being a creative like allows me to stay motivated because there's never some, there's always something to do. And like, there's, if you're a person that's really tapped in, like you say, right, then you know that that inspiration is going to come to you. And if you're the responsible creative, you're going to go spend time and do something with it. And so like, for me, getting like ideas out of my head and, and making them become real is the most motivating thing for me. I just love taking an idea and seeing it in real life. So I think they're like, once I do one thing now, I feel like before I was more like waiting on stuff to happen. Like, oh, I put my book out now. Like what's going to happen? Like, is Oprah going to call me? Yeah, no, right? Like, is Ellen going to call me? You know what I mean? Like that was, is Ellen Ellen looking? Like maybe Kevin Hart's going to retweet it. Like, you know, you're like thinking all You're really thinking that. Yeah, I believe that. that. And like- Because I was the same way. You know, I put my first book out at 20 years old and right. I, and that's because I couldn't afford to go to a studio. I, I was a music artist first, but then I was working at the airport at the time and um, I saw this very elegant looking woman. And at the time she was probably like my age now, but I thought she was so gorgeous. And I created this lifestyle around her. I said, she's probably some lawyer with a Gucci bag and she just got right. this great husband and this great life. And um, I created this book about it and uh you know, I put it on Amazon and I got all these people saying, oh, you got all these editing issues and all this stuff. And I didn't understand. I was right. like, wait, I just found a book. I didn't know. I didn't know I had to be a perfect editor. I just I thought it was eligible because I mean, it was eligible. But, it, you know, some people are very particular. They cannot see anything wrong. They can't. The comma got to be here and there. So, yeah, I think. And at the time I was like, I'm about to be on Oprah. Oprah going to call me up. We going to talk and I'm going to tell my story and then I can get my own recording studio. Yeah. No, yep. it just it just didn't happen that way. And I got attention, but just not the right attention. I had learned a valuable lesson is that sometimes it's okay to wait for the right time. Like right. I should have, you know, because sometimes you got to wait and find the right editor for certain things. If you're not a good editor or whatever the case is, sometimes t- timing means a lot. And um, so, yeah, that that story just made sense. I mean, and- everybody's favorite writer, author, actor, like songwriter has editors. You know what I mean? Like everyone, yeah. like there's, and, and I feel like there's a certain level that you get to uh, when you're considering yourself a professional artist or creative, where you would be silly to not want a second set of eyes on something at a certain point yes. because you're so close to it. And I feel like for me, like I had a great editor at the press, but I mean, I also presented them a book that I had edited a million times and like was already finished in my opinion. And so like at that point I was already confident and wanted a another even higher level set of eyes on my project and it was super beneficial and that's the only way that i feel like i was able to crack kind of through like the the am i really an author like question am yeah. i really like did I, because for me i didn't think i could put out my book as a self-published book simply because of the illustrations i didn't have the formatting experience or the technical yeah, know-how to put that together um so for me i had no like to me i never made it an option I just knew I was going to have to work with someone who could help me put my book out professionally because at the end of the day, it's like all your time, effort, work that you put into this project. And it's a shame sometimes if you save five bucks, but you know, you now are looking at something you're not proud of. Or you were 20, yeah, so you, would, yeah. you wouldn't you would have known that then. But now I'm sure you'd be like, well. Now, now all my books that came out after that are edited. No problems. Exactly. No bad reviews now. Right. Like, I learned. And I, and I got that first book re- revised. 
So um, I got it redone because the story itself was, you know, and that's the thing. Sometimes we just got to say, hey, just get it revised if you put something out that wasn't right. And that's that, you know, just don't get, you know, don't not put the story out there because art is subjective. So just because one, you know, person don't like the book doesn't mean that a million other people won't like the book. And and the same thing with music, you know, and I had to learn that. It took me a minute, you know, because like there's certain genres I'm not into, but at the right. same time, somebody is. They're making a lot. And I, I never, I never was a judgment person because I'm an artist from the boom to the coon. I've been an artist since I was 10 before I got into anything else. So yeah. I never judge any type. <laughs> I'd be like, I I won't put this on my playlist, but this is the bomb though. This is still the artist here. This person is a work of art, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think also so, uh, it helps it helps to not think that whatever you're you just finished is going to be your last best thing you know like every yeah, time i finish a song yeah. or i finish a poem i got rid of the idea that like i'll never write anything this good or this is the best one i'm ever going to make so i have to be super protective of it you know it's like for me i i i believe that i'm going to continue to make better stuff no matter how great i feel something is right now i should believe that like i'm going to make even better stuff yeah, because you, you get, you could, it's like you get great greater over time. Like there's just more different, you learn about different experiences. You learn more technology. Things change, like especially when, as a music artist, like you, I mean, for me, like not being an independent artist, he just, I can just do what I want to do. And it's like, it's kind of dangerous, but it's spicy because then I can try different genres. I can mix uh, funk with soul I can mix rock mm-hmm. with soul and I don't have to be stuck anywhere and that's what because I'm a nicheless type person that's why my podcast is nicheless you yes. know so it's it's one of those things that music is like a baby to me so it's like one of those things I have to be able to do kind of what I want but I will be open to opinions too but I don't want to change the direction you know right. I still want to keep that that mix of genre because a lot of things that were created was probably never created before you want to create new things you want to, a music artist and an author should be innovative changing the, the the whole frame of how it's always been and i think that's always good yeah and you um, should make stuff that you like you should yeah. make things that you like and I, I i tell everybody that comes around me i'm like i don't know if you expected me to care if you like my work right but mm. i don't i care that i'm I, the, the thing the proud the pride moment for me was when i saw it in my hands like that was the affirmation and then the gratitude and the, that was the moment. So like every everything after that is either a bonus or nothing at all to me because I've already satisfied that feeling I needed from when I actually saw it real in, in real life. So to me, it's like you invite people, you should, I switched my mindset to say, I'm inviting people to participate in my creativity with me. I'm not concerned with whether or not I'm the most widely regarded yada, yada, yada out here. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I want to yes. invite people, and if you rock with it, you rock with it. If you like the poetry but don't like the music, that's cool. Then buy the book. If you don't like, I'm not trying to make it so that like I package myself to be like this perfect cookie cutter version of. I did that for so long. That's and that was that's yeah. the that's part of what pushed you to your breaking point mm-hmm. because you're faking it for so long, and like you realize like fake it till you make it. Not a real thing. You're not gonna make it. Yeah, you're fake, not. Can't be fake that long. You can't because I mean, when I was young, I read Russell Simmons' book, Do You, and he was saying that some of your most famous artists are in the house crying because they're not doing what they want to do. So they're in a mansion crying. And I said, well, I don't want to, I never want to be someone that's wealthy. And then I'm crying in the corner because I'm not even singing the way I want or rapping, or whatever. Like that's, I just rather live my life authentic. And I think this is one, if anybody out here listening, be authentic be yourself and and know that this is your party you inviting them to the party they can come or not 
but put your art out life is short with everything going on right now it is short and man you're like they got me out here singing these, these these sesame street songs i'm trying to be on my nina simone i know you just said nina simone you must have looked me up now hey no i mean i just i get the vibe though i mean it makes sense it would make it would only make sense <laughs> that is my style of music i'm gonna yeah. tell you that and are you a singer or rapper i'm a rapper okay so i gotta check out your raps because maybe we can For do sure. a song together absolutely i just put out a video yeah so check it out if you like it i have more I stuff coming too yeah, I was I subscribe to all the artists that I speak to on here. I always support them and try to share it. I share it on my Twitter. I try to support because I know how it is. And it's yeah. like, you know, as artists, it's a lot of marketing money too. You can do it. You know, I just learned marketing. I just learned Facebook ads. I just learned all these things. So now I know how to do it, you know. And but at times it's expensive. So a lot of times you need somebody to just reshare, reshare, reshare. So I try to reshare as many artists as I can. So yeah, I got your back on that. I appreciate one. that for sure. And one thing I want to ask you, did you see the last black man of san francisco movie i did not please check that out because when i read your story i thought about that movie it was a young black male and he was going through it half homeless and he was trying to find himself and he was an artist and i looked at san francisco and he was getting it he was around these this gang people and he was trying to get his life right um he's a famous he's kind of famous now i forgot his name the the guy that plays in it when you see it you'll know um who i'm talking about but yeah, check that movie out because it he also he gets to do his art in his own way, and I think that's amazing and it's a good story. Um, oh, I definitely looked that up for sure. So, what are some ways you find peace? Uh, you know, so probably meditation. Yeah, that's definitely one way. I uh, I like to go places that are inspiring and beautiful. So, like, I care a lot about aesthetics in my life, you know, in general. So, like, I want to be around like flowers and I want to be around art and I want to be around music and I want to go to restaurants where like the vibe is nice and I want to go to grocery stores that make me feel good and it's like those are choices I make for myself because I've as a person that's trying to constantly pump myself with inspiration and like be able to absorb good vibes and good stuff from around me I want to put myself in like places where I feel peaceful and serene. I feel peace and serenity and tranquil and like I can just look out you know like I don't have any friends that are like, hey, let's go to the botanical gardens this weekend. Everyone will invite you to the bar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they do. But like, no one's like, we should go to the art gallery and then go to the botanical gardens and like take pictures and like at the butterfly exhibit and like wear your fly stuff. And like, no one does that. Like, yeah, I, I that's what I want to do. I haven't met anyone like that in my age range. I would like yeah. to, um, you know, I just haven't. I mean, if you're in Vegas, I'll go to the art gallery with you. But uh, <laughs> our, where right. are you look, you, you're in San Francisco. I'm in Ohio. Oh, in Ohio, okay. Yeah. yeah, like I like art galleries. I like stuff like that. And I just, I I don't mean nobody to want to do that. I like bookstores. I like going to sit in the bookstore and just going over a book and discussing it. Um, it could be Audible book too, because I also subscribe to Audible. I like audio books too. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, that's peaceful, man. That makes sense. And I think, and finding stuff that like, I remembering what I liked to do when I was a kid. You know, like I was, yeah. the other day I was thinking, I was like, I used to love swimming. Like I, I used to love it. I learned how to swim from my stepmom and her family because they had a pool and like, it was completely different than my life in the city. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, but like when, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, I don't even know the last time I went swimming, not at like a pool, at like a resort or something on vacation, just like swimming out wow, free. Yeah. It's been so long. So like now I'm thinking like, how do I start to incorporate things that really were fun for me as a kid back into my life? Um, because I feel like there's something about that. There's something like there's something to be noted about the things that really brought you joy when you were forming, you know, in your formative years too. 
like it's so weird i work at a sports car store and i do like marketing operations for for the company it's a startup um and i grew up playing pokemon i loved pokemon cards i played pokemon i had pokemon cards on the bus and i was trading them so it's so funny to me now like i'm still in an environment where like pokemon cards are are around and so i think working there also made me think like hey what is it like if i bring some more stuff like i did play video games once in a while i oh, did yeah. used to you know i mean i did used to do stuff before i was like super busy and like trying to trying to make it to wherever i'm trying to make it to so like how yeah. do i incorporate some of that back into my life is there that's another way i try to keep my life peaceful as well good idea and scheduling is important in some ways because it does help you work towards something that's what i've learned that's why i started scheduling my my days the best way i can yeah. um what does your morning routine look like yeah so there's coffee for sure there's yes. definitely coffee there's definitely coffee big coffee guy um <laughs> i typically wake up take my dog outside um i do a meditation that's usually like 20 to 30 minutes every morning and that's like non-negotiable typically uh and then I mean, I work at nine to five every day, you yeah. know? So like I get up and go to work. Um, and after work, I shut that down and I turn on all the other stuff I'm doing. So I'm, I'm checking my YouTube analytics for my video and I'm working on my Spotify for artists page and I'm checking my Amazon author central. I'm doing all this stuff, the, the hobby, the hobbies and like the things I want to turn into my real, my full time life. You know what I mean? So yeah, I love it. The morning for me is mostly like starting out peaceful and then like sometimes i turn up like this morning i was listening to the metro Boomin album just that's what i was listening to <laughs> it just I, it was early it was eight o'clock in the morning and that's and i just felt like i not felt like that so um there's times for me it's like just catch the vibe like for me i'm i'm all about like getting the right spirit and energy and unapologetically being that so i try to be as positive as fun as like light and like you know carefree as possible I know there's times to be serious and, and not, but most of the time I'm joking around and like. Yeah, I'm a silly, I'm a silly willy myself. So I, yeah. I can't, I and can't I'm a relate morning to person. that. I'm a morning person. So I'm already like on 12. Wow. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. That's a good morning routine. Um, also, I wanted to know, well, I know you said you don't read a lot, but what's your favorite audiobooks right now? That's a great question. I haven't, like, I've been listening to podcasts, I'm going to tell you. Okay, so what's your could, favorite podcast right now? That's a good one. My favorite podcast right now is the Cheat Code podcast, which is, like, a, um, the, their hip-hop heads and people from the industry, Wendy Day and Ferrari Simmons and the other guy who, I know his, his Instagram name is Rap Juggernaut. I don't know his actual name. Um, but they're, like, people who have put artists on tour and indie, indie artists and, like, show them the way. And oh, I, wow. I, I, You should definitely watch it. They have a YouTube channel and and everything but for me i'm constantly trying to like you know when you're younger you're like i should just go to school for that like i could yeah. just go back to school and like learn how to do that but when you're older you're like how can i like you get to the hypotenuse like how can i cut across the field and like learn as much yeah. as possible and so for me like i find podcasts and usually listen to people who like steve harvey for instance i listen to steve harvey's podcast yeah, a lot I like steve. because yeah. he there's seven to ten minutes and he gives you some quick like advice and guidance and a, a, a thought a nugget of a gem for you to take home and consider um i like those kind of things too so i try to listen to podcasts where i feel like i walk away with something even if it's just like a concept or a website i didn't know about the check or like a, a new instagram page i wasn't going to follow until they mentioned it um so those would be the wow. two biggest ones i've listened to now probably cheat code podcast and the steve harvey whatever that's the morning one that everyone listens nice. to daily, daily like something it. yeah 
Yeah, I like Steve. I've listened to him a, a few times. A lot of times, he's been on Earn Your Leisure podcast. He's been doing yeah, some gyms. Him and Master P. I love it because um, those type of people I I want to be similar to. Uh, you know, and so what would you say to your eighteen year old self? I would say don't run away from home so fast. Probably, you know, I was uh, when I was seventeen. It was at, I was at the point where it was like I couldn't wait to do anything but get away from my house. Like. I grew up in a single mother household. I lived with my mom, my aunt, my brother, and my grandma. And, you know, it was, we did our best, obviously. Like I had, I, I won't sit here and say I had a bad upbringing by any, by any stretch of the imagination. I had a very supportive household. I think that I was like getting to the point where I started to see, like there was other, op- there were other futures that I hadn't seen before. Once I started being around different people and like traveling and visiting colleges. And I was like, look, these people got these lake houses out here. They got, you know wow. what I mean? They, they yeah. got degrees that they got degrees and then another degree with a comma after that mm-hmm. degree. And then they got and like, who are these people? What are they doing? Like, what, like, what does that mean? What's all that about? And for yeah. me, I was so pulled in that direction because I just knew that like, I wanted my life to be different. I had certain things like I didn't want to have a kid before I was X amount of years old because I was thinking about my mom having me when she was 16, mm. you know, getting pregnant when she was 16 and stuff like yeah. that. So like, I had all these like little things on my shoulder, these burdens on my shoulder, I guess I was carrying. Um, and it was really not until I got rid of those where I started to feel like, you know, I can just move how I want to move and like start accomplishing things. Like you can't really accomplish stuff when you're carrying that, those burdens on your shoulders. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Cause you got to work through your trauma and, and so you can make a better future for yourself. So I like that. And before we wrap it up, I just want to, uh, what was that question I wanted to ask you? Um, what, oh yes. What's a saying or quote that you go by? Great one as well. Um, I've been saying this Lauren Hill quote recently, um, which is let's not be mediocre in our greatness. Uh, she said that in one of these YouTube videos I saw not that long ago, one of those shorts, those reels. Yeah. Just like saying that if we're going to be great, let's like really try to be great. You know, just like, let's really, let's really, you it's like the kid that's like the best on the sports team and he's like he knows he's better than everybody else and like sometimes he kind of like plays down a little bit so that he or, or she plays down a little bit so that they don't have to seem like there's so much gap between oh. them and everybody else but i feel like the point of that quote is to say like that gap is not your concern your concern is your concern is the gap between like where you are and like what's possible up there so um for me that's a quote i live by just like trying to make sure that i'm putting out my best stuff i'm pushing myself i'm not just trying to churn out things or i'm not trying to bamboozle people like i'm really trying to put out whatever the best of whatever is coming out of me you know in whatever form that is i'm I'm trying to really get um i wrote a poem called inside outside that i performed in my book launch party and it was about getting what's inside outside like i need to get what's inside outside because that's just non-negotiable it's just that's 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 the key to freedom for me is getting that stuff out. That's when I feel happy. That's when I feel calm and serene and peaceful is when I feel like I've emptied myself and poured, you know, you hear all these artists, I poured my soul and my heart into this. I poured my everything into this. That's a real feeling if you're really doing that. It sounds cute. It sounds cute to say, but it's like a real feeling you get when you're like, I really, I really tried hard. And like, Mm -hmm. and I really got something that I like. And so when you like can see and say both those things, it's like, you kind of get addicted to that feeling. Yeah, it is. It is addictive. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, I want that dopamine hit because that's how it feels when I'm doing art. It's like, one second, because I got a new thing I'm working on called Whiskey and it's going to be pretty crazy. And it's it's my first rock meets soul type track. And I'm like, I'm pushing the boundaries and people are like, wait a minute, I thought you was just soul. No, I do all types of things. I just got my studio late in life. (laughs) So now I'm like about to just start... So yeah. what advice would you give to an artist, like rather it's a singer, author, like what advice can you give them for someone that has fear in their heart, that's scared? I would say, uh, let someone else tell you no, um, instead of yourself. I feel like a lot of times we tell ourselves no, even before we've even like submitted to the opportunity or, you know, sent someone a song or we've tried to apply for the fellowship or we tried to get the thing. We, we're already telling ourselves reasons why we're not qualified. So for me, it's like, if you're confident in what you're doing, then that's just the first step. The second step is getting into the hands and ears or whatever, the rooms of people who like can help expand your reach and get your product or your thought or your idea or your thing, whatever it is, into like the right places. So I would say just like don't don't be your biggest critic. We're all we most of us are that and just like don't be. Just like don't you should be your biggest cheerleader. Who else is gonna if you're approaching somebody and you're coming with the energy that you know, you already think that they're not going to want it because my Instagram followers ain't up and my this and my that, or we didn't have the 4k camera to shoot the video with. So, you know, like whatever, all those things that you have in your mind, like those are your problems. Those are your yeah. insecurities. And that those don't have to care. Like you just wrap them up in a nice little bow and hand them to whoever you're asking to give you money or to support you or whatever. And like, yep. why would they, why would they, you know? So for me, it's like approaching people with a confidence and like a certainty knowing that like, I'm, I'm happy with this. And I'm, I'm, I believe that you could do yeah. stuff with this and you should like, and like, I'm not going to tell myself no before you tell me no. Yes. Confidence is, I learned the biggest thing in entertainment. I remember when I was young and I was talking to a music exec at 23 and he said, you know, you're not confident enough to go to the labels and, you know, and it probably saved me cause I, I really, you know, but I understood contracts back then and I can read well. So I would have, you know, I'm not taking a bad deal, but he said that uh, confidence begets talent. And I said, okay, because it, it just, you could be a, a mediocre artist to, I guess, some people, but then, you know, um, your confidence just makes you just so much better, like, because you're just confident. Yeah. So even though this person may sing better, rap better to some people, I don't know, your confidence is going to pull people in. So, yeah, that's good advice. I like that. I don't and, know if you listen to SZA. Do you listen to SZA? SZA? Oh, yeah, I love SZA. Yeah, yeah her, like her, her new her new album just came out yesterday and I was listening to it yesterday and today. But it's just like I was listening to some of the songs. Like there's certain people who I'm like, they are phenomenal songwriters. Like doesn't Man. matter. I'm listening to it regardless because the songwriting abilities are like it's like her. I'm listening to all of her's music. All of it. Yeah, yeah. Her and SZA are amazing. You know? Um, but I was like, you have to imagine the confidence you feel to say that stuff and really mean that stuff. Facts. Like, you have to really it's it's one thing to be able to like i could put these words together and make it sound like this but it's another thing to be like no like i'm saying this and like walking around like that's how i really feel and i just like i love that i've always loved that about everything about successful people about great people i've always just loved that like you can walk in there and exude that thing because you've you've put it in the world already you've already seen it like you already see it yourself so like who else is waiting but like you're not waiting on you they're catching up you know what I mean? They're catching, catching up. up. Yeah, That's catching what Will up. Smith said. He said, I already knew I was a star. I'm just waiting for y'all to see it. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that quote. I always remember that since I was young when he said that because it, it just makes so much sense. So we're about to wrap this up. I had so much fun chatting with you and I definitely want to probably have part two for any album you have coming up or your second book. Uh, where could people find you at? Subscribe and, and follow you. For sure. Uh, so my website is DamianWhiteWrites.com. It's D-A-M-I-A-N. Um, I'm also on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at Damien K. White. Those are my handles. So. Yay, please support this this brother, man. He's amazing. I like his energy. I can feel his energy through the freaking computer. And I wish he was in Vegas so I'd go look at some paintings with him. But, right? you know, maybe maybe one day. For sure. <laughs> but, yes, I want to thank you for being on here. And I want to thank all my um, audience for listening to me. Please subscribe, share, and comment if you like what I'm doing. And 